Hi, I'm Ashley Cooley, a birth baby and sleep specialist and mom of three. There's so much information out there, right? This show is dedicated to helping you clear out the noise so you can figure out what will work best for your baby and your family. Having worked with countless families over the years, including my own, the information and strategies I'll share are based on these experiences, my extensive training, and we're even going to back it all up with some science. My goal is to help you make informed decisions, and we're here to break down what it takes to raise well-adjusted, securely attached, and happy babies. If you're looking to learn more about your baby, gain more confidence in your parenting, and get as much sleep as you can through it all, you've come to the right place. Bringing up baby is about to get a little easier. We talked about naps in some pretty good detail a few episodes back called the nap episode. But today we're actually going to be focusing more on transitioning through naps, basically the process of your baby going through a phase of dropping a nap. So in that nap episode, we did touch on when naps are dropped. And so just as a refresher, essentially when your baby is napping four times a day and they're ready to drop to three naps a day, that tends to happen sometime uh, in months four or five. When they're transitioning from three to two naps a day, this tends to happen sometimes between months six and eight. And when they're transitioning from two naps to one, that typically happens in the 15 to 18 month range. And from one nap to no nap, well, that's after usually after age three, which we're not going to get into today, but maybe a topic for the toddlers, the siblings uh, of the group for another time. So of course, because every baby's different, these timelines can vary a little bit. But what I want to talk about is when transitioning through naps, which are not always a problem, but sometimes they can be. So when can they be a problem? Well, what havoc can they wreak? And what can we do about it? Or what shouldn't we do about it? So the first one is when if a nap is dropped too soon. So sometimes parents might be thinking because your baby is maybe supposed to be sleeping a certain amount or, or however long or what have you because they may have heard that from someone somewhere or because of circumstances like going to daycare. Oftentimes this can help or hinder that transition where uh, your, your baby, generally speaking, is maybe not napping as much or as long at daycare. Um, and that changes things earlier than we might want or earlier than baby actually needs to. So we're going to talk about that. But the other time that this nap transition can be a problem is what if a nap is skipped once or twice, or perhaps you see your baby struggling through a nap, not napping well, or as long as they maybe used to nap, that kind of thing. While these can be reasons or a sign that your baby's ready to drop a nap, that doesn't mean they're, are, they're fully ready to commit. So having, you know, your baby's napping all the time, as they usually do, all of a sudden they go through this patch of like, oh, they skipped a nap two days in a row, or uh, they're really struggling to fall asleep and it takes them like 20 minutes plus to finally fall asleep when that never used to be an issue. Um, And so we think, okay, well, those things are happening. They're within these age ranges, which I hear are pretty common. So, okay, we're dropping the nap. But here's where my do's and don'ts for when babies are showing signs of dropping a nap come in. So the first one to do is to keep as many naps as you can, as long as you can. You also want to bring the bedtime forward when a nap is skipped or dropped. What you don't want to do is drop a nap at the first sign of difficulty. And you also don't want to lose your mind because that sometimes can happen when you're going through these transitions, these phases. So let's go back to keeping as many naps as long as you can. 
What I mean here is that even though there may have been a time or two when your baby skipped a nap or didn't nap as well than you're used to, that jumping right to dropping the nap is unlikely to be the answer. Yes, it might work for a day or two, but if by day three or four you see your baby falling apart because of overtiredness or they start having multiple wake-ups overnight for no other apparent reason, it's because the nap was dropped too soon. So what can you do instead? Provide an opportunity for that nap to happen when circumstances allow, like for instance, on the weekends at home if a nap is dropped while at daycare, or on days when naps somehow aren't as long as usual, so getting that third nap in will be key to helping your baby get to bedtime, for example. Speaking of that third nap, when it comes to dropping that last nap of the day, whether that's nap number four for some younger babies, or closer to four months of age perhaps, or nap number three, It's good to have a cutoff time for when daytime sleep should end and time to switch to bedtime or nighttime mode. For me, this time frame is usually around 5.30 p.m. for babies under six months or 5 p.m. for those over six months. I say this because it's my belief and it's in my experience and what I've studied that kids under the age of eight should not have a bedtime any later than 8 p.m. So for younger babies, still napping three or four times a day or more or less over that four months of age range, when they can only stay awake for so long before they need to go to bed at night, this would mean about a 5.30 p.m. cutoff for daytime sleep. And let's say that usually by six to seven months of age, many babies are able to stay awake for up to three hours towards the end of the day, which would shift that time back to 5 p.m., right? If we were saying 8 p.m. is the latest possible time you want bedtime. What this means is that you'll be deciding on whether or not you'll be aiming to put your baby down for another nap or bedtime based on how long they typically stay awake for at that time of day and when they woke up from their last nap. Can you conceivably help your baby to fall asleep and know that they'll wake up again from at least, say, a 20 or 30 minute cat nap by 5 p.m.? If the answer is yes, then go for the nap. If the answer is no, then opt instead for an early bedtime. And this, by the way, definitely needs to happen when naps are being dropped. This is the second thing you should do to help support your baby through a nap transition is to bring the bedtime forward by at least an hour on days when that last nap is missed. This is essential to ensuring your baby doesn't get too overtired, which can lead to tougher bedtimes, more frequent overnight wake-ups, or an earlier than desired morning wake-up call. Now, when it comes time to dropping down to one nap a day, again, most babies aren't typically ready for this until sometime between 15 and 18 months of age, but I do hear about many babies dropping a nap before this time, and while sometimes this is completely legit, other times it's actually done too soon for reasons previously mentioned. Because the thing with this nap transition is that it's not actually the last nap of the day that's being dropped, it's the first. But while many babies will wake early enough that waiting until midday to get some shut-eye again is just too long of a stretch, they end up with a later morning nap, which creeps too late into the morning, pushing that afternoon nap back to start too late in the afternoon, making it so baby ends up skipping that afternoon nap. And then what happens? If you've been there before, many of us have, then you know, it's a shit show. They're losing their minds by late afternoon and bedtime either goes to shit too, or they do pass out pretty well, and then they're up all night or waking super early again, continuing the cycle of crap naps. 
So what should you do if you're in this dilly of a pickle? Cap that morning nap. This is one of the only times I would say to cap a nap, so cut it short basically, to ensure that afternoon nap is had. It's that afternoon nap that needs to stick around, and it's that afternoon nap that will keep them from losing their shit. So while the timing of this can look different for different babies, but depending on the situation, I'll generally advise to cut off the morning nap by 10.30, 10.45 a.m. latest to ensure a, say, 1.30 to 2 p.m. start to the second nap, depending on the baby. Usually this is about as late as you can go if you notice that there are problems with those naps, just to get it started. So it's not having the nap end by then, but starting the nap within that 1.30 to 2 p.m. range. This is usually as late as you can go without messing it up, without messing up bedtime for most babies that will get to sleep by then. So if this means that you have to wake up your baby by a certain time first thing in the morning to get this going, then do it. It kind of becomes a chicken and an egg situation at a certain point, and we got to break the cycle somewhere. And so we already know we can't force sleep on someone, anyone, even a baby, if they're not ready for it or don't want it, don't need it. But what we can do is wake them up early to ensure an earlier nap so that that afternoon one can be had because they're maybe only 13 months old and they maybe only skipped that nap once or twice, but it was too soon and you noticed it and so did they. So it's okay to do that. I've been there. It's kind of annoying if you think about it, but just ask yourself, which do you want more? A few extra minutes of quiet sleep for yourself in the morning before starting the day. Yes, that sounds lovely. Um, But you're also then going to be with a baby whose snaps are messed up because that might be your situation right now while you're listening to this episode. Or... Is it, does it sound more appealing to say maybe getting up a few minutes earlier than you might currently be getting up to ensure a restful baby and probably an overall happier parent? Just an example, you decide. This actually brings us to today's mental health minute. It's been a while since we did one of these and we're bringing it back because mental health is weaved all through these parenting, child rearing, bringing up baby years, and it's important to keep talking about it. While this probably isn't the case for everyone, but for anyone whose baby isn't napping well, maybe all the naps are short, the only way baby will nap is if they're in contact with someone or in motion, or it's just a major pain in the ass to even get the baby to nap. Essentially, you're not getting a break either because that's also what naps are about. Am I right? So if this is happening in your house and you're struggling with it, please know that you're not alone. I talk to so many families about their nap struggles with their little ones, and I've been there myself. If you would like more support in finding a nap schedule or routine that works best for your little one, or to help ensure that your baby is getting the sleep that they need, which will help them and the whole family, then please feel free to reach out for help. Send me an email to ashley at birthbabysleep.ca or give me a shout on Facebook or Instagram, and we can set up a time to connect. And if you haven't already, please join our Facebook group called the Halifax Perinatal Support Network, where an amazing group of pregnant and or parents are of, and or parents of young ones are joining to get support and feel less alone. You do not have to live in the Halifax area to join the group, but a number of the resources on our list are local to this area. But emotional support and virtual resources and practical help are for everyone everywhere. Looking for more? 
Check out birthbabysleep.ca where you'll find prenatal classes, postpartum and new baby resources, and sleep support during the childhood years. You'll also find me on Facebook and Instagram at birthbabysleep. It would be awesome if you followed us wherever you listen to podcasts, and if you can, leave a review or a rating, which goes a long way for helping others to find us. That's all for now. I'm Ashley Cooley, and we'll see you back here next time.